welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending June 11th, 2021. I'm Sophie Antel-Gibert, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Paul Eidelman, Chief Investment Strategist for North America. Hi, Paul. It's a pleasure to see you. Yeah, you too, Sophie. Excellent. Um, I have been looking forward to our conversation. We're recording this actually on Thursday afternoon, which is perfect because we've had some very interesting news today that I want to be able to pick your brain on about inflation and the latest inflation number that we've seen published in the U.S. earlier today. But before um, before I let you go, though, I also would love to have you touch on the market reaction, both to that and kind of how markets have done globally this whole week. And then lastly, there was some news earlier this week about the G7 countries sort of agreeing in principle to some global minimum tax rates and, and things like that, that presumably as international investors, that might have some implications that I'd love to get your thoughts on. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. All right. So starting with inflation, where is it at? What surprised you? The numbers seem to be higher maybe than expected. What? How can you help us understand what came out today? Yeah, the data that was reported on Thursday morning for the consumer price index in the United States was, was really strong, frankly. And this is the second month in a row now that we've had a positive surprise for U.S. inflation. And when you kind of take the last couple of months together, on a year ago basis, core CPI inflation in the U.S. is now way up at 3.8%. So uh, all else equal, that number is a bit uncomfortable. It's, it's well above the Fed's 2% objective. Uh, but I think we're a little bit more relaxed on it. And that's because when we kind of dig into the details of what was reported today in terms of the subcomponent categories, the flavor of the inflation is, is very similar to what we saw last month. And it's really driven by supply chain bottlenecks and the aggressive and strong reopening of the U.S. economy as vaccines have allowed life to get back to something that looks a little bit more normal again. And so to give a few examples of that, I think two of the, the strongest segments of inflation came from automobiles and airlines. Automobiles have sort of this well-known issue uh, globally of a shortage in semiconductors that has been making it really hard to produce new vehicles. That drove a lot of the strength in inflation, both in April and May. And I think over time, supply chain bottlenecks are very natural to, to heal and go away. I think there's just a natural incentive uh, for companies to invest and produce more to take advantage of these higher uh, prices and ultimately profit from that. So I think that should be a short-term phenomenon. The other big category that I mentioned was airlines and, and airfares. And, and that story is a bit different. It's one where airlines were heavily impacted by the coronavirus. Their demand collapsed and they had absolutely no pricing power this time last year. Now that demand is recovering, they're able to charge a more normal price. And so that shift up from no pricing power to something more normal is inflation, uh, but it's very unlikely to be the kind of inflation that persists sort of year after year after year in the United States. So I think ultimately we're still landing at a view that the inflation spike that we're seeing right now is likely to prove transitory. And as we get into 2022, our expectation is that uh, the inflation levels will gravitate back down to levels that are at or below the Fed's 2% targets. We're running hot now, uh, but we're, we're seeing it as a transitory spike. 
Great. So hot now, but maybe lukewarm again um, before too long. So that that's helpful. What about markets? How did markets react to that? And, and how did they do this week? Well, I think on the equity market side, we've seen strength globally. Uh, the U.S. equity market sitting here on Thursday afternoon is actually at an all-time high again. So that's been pretty encouraging as we've had a positive view on, on markets uh, since. And that's the S&P 500 index, I imagine, you're looking at? Yes, it is. Yeah. So um, that's been really quite strong. I think the, the more surprising and interesting action has been in the, the bond market, though. And even though we just talked about inflation being really strong, and, and that's normally a bad thing for bonds, bonds have actually rallied this week and, and yields have come down pretty significantly. So it, it, on the U.S., for example, the 10-year yield is down at 1.43%. Uh, that's the lowest level for the 10-year yield since March. And it's a global phenomenon as well. We're seeing yields decline in, in Germany, the UK, Japan. And I have to say, frankly, it's a, a little bit mystifying why yields would be down in an environment where inflation is picking up and surprising economists and investors to the upside. But maybe a few ideas uh, for our clients to think about. One is that central banks aren't responding to this inflation news. Um, and, and this week we got meetings from the European Central Bank and the Bank of Canada. And both in both cases, they are sort of standing pat and maintaining their accommodation despite inflation spikes in, in their regions as well. Um, uh, I think another possible driver of this decline in yields is that investors generally have had this consensus that yields would increase. It's been a pretty crowded view. And so it's not abnormal that one-sided positioning can be disappointed. Uh, and then maybe the final fundamental factor is around the U.S. fiscal stimulus negotiations. Those have been proceeding in a pretty messy manner. And I think both in terms of the magnitude and timing of the expected uh, Joe Biden infrastructure package, those expectations seem to be moderating down a little bit. So I'd say, frankly, we're a little bit surprised, um, but those are likely some of the, the catalysts going on behind the surface. Hmm. It helps to understand your thinking and sort of hypotheses around what what might be driving um, that that bond market reaction. You mentioned sort of fiscal stimulus, which uh, ends up tying over to taxes, which was on the agenda for the G7 countries this week. And it sounds like they might have agreed, at least in principle, on some sort of global minimum tax rate. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? And as international and global investors, should that be changing how I look at my global portfolio at all? Or what are the implications potentially? Yeah, so uh, over the weekend last Saturday, the G7 ministers agreed in principle to a global minimum corporate tax rate of 15%. And I think the idea behind that is to try to stop companies from shifting where they're domiciled to avoid paying taxes. And I think as well, particularly from the European nations, there's been a desire to find a way to tax the mega cap U.S. technology giants a little bit more in their jurisdictions. So that's sort of the motivation behind it. Um, obviously, corporate taxes do matter to global equity investors. From a U.S. perspective, this minimum tax isn't that meaningful for the aggregate market, we could be looking at something like a one percentage point hit to U.S. earnings growth in 2022 from a measure like this. But the impacts are quite differentiated across sectors. And those sectors that 
are currently paying lower effective taxes and have a bigger global footprint would get hit harder by uh, an imposition of measures like this. And, and those sectors are uh, IT and healthcare, generally speaking. And so that tends to be areas of the market that the U.S. has more exposure to and international equity markets have less exposure to. So it's probably a little bit more of a tailwind for value strategies over growth strategies and non-U.S. equities over uh, U.S. equities. Um, but generally speaking, what we're continuing to see is this trend and an idea towards more taxation. And I think for investors, that means a greater tax awareness in portfolios uh, is very, very appropriate. Terrific. Well, Paul, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. But thank you very much for joining us. And thank you. We'll be back again soon.